Colossians chapter 3. We will be looking at a lot of scripture today, so you have to bear with me. If you go to sleep while I'm reading scripture, I have an invisible brick. <laughs> and I'll just throw it at you, and, and so you know, you'll know what happens then. But anyway, let's just, uh, let's just pray as we get into the Word of God. Father, we thank you for your Word. God, I thank you that, Lord, it is our source of help. It is our source of direction. Uh, your Word leads us and, and gives us uh, clear and precise direction on how to live our lives. And Lord, we come this morning and ask you, Lord, will you take that word and plant it deep in our hearts, God, that Lord, when, when there is a need for it, it will be there. And Lord, would you lead us and guide us and direct us as we look at your word today. May it speak deeply to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Bible tells us in chapter 3 of Colossians, we'll be starting at verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Now, this is just the beginning of what I want to talk about today, but uh, you may think it kind of strange, I guess, if you, if you think about where we are in, in the Christmas season and so on, uh, that this close to Christmas, that I'm not giving a Christmas message, so to speak, um, but I have to say that I felt the Lord lead me specifically in this direction. So somebody here needs to hear this word. And maybe a whole lot of people here may need to hear it, but we can all listen to God's word, amen, because it will minister to us. And uh, so I, I'm just looking at, at what we want to get into because he said, what does it mean, as I was praying and thinking about what to preach on this week, and he said, what does it mean to be hidden in Christ? What, what does that mean, to be hidden in Christ? And then he goes on to say, and when Christ who is our life, man, what a statement. You know, sometimes we buzz over statements like this, and we don't, we don't really take time to allow these words to really minister to us. In other words, he said, our life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. And so what does that mean to us today? How does that fit into our daily lifestyles as a believer? Because that's one thing that I want to see happen in our lives. I want us to have victory in everything. And, and that's been kind of a focus on my preaching for years. I believe that a Christian can have victory. And it doesn't matter what kind of circumstance you're in. It doesn't matter what kind of involvement, what's going on. It just does not matter. Christ can give you victory. Why? Because he's provided everything we need through our knowledge of him for life and godliness. Everything we need is available to us. We're actually going to read that again. But let's read the rest of this chapter or part of it and see what he's telling us. And he said, therefore, in verse 5, therefore put to death your members 
which are on earth. Now, he's not talking about your members that are around you here. He's talking about our, our fleshly members. That would, that would really not be good for church growth. <laughs> but he said, put to death your members which are on earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. How many of you know that we used to be a part of that? And if you've not received Christ as your Savior, if you've not been born again, if you've not received the forgiveness and, and what the Lord has for you, you're still there. I'm just being straight up with you. That's the way it is. And he said this, and he said, in which you also once walked when you lived in them. So there was a point in time in our life when we were walking in disobedience to the Lord. We were walking in disobedience to the Word of God. But now you must also put off these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. You know, sometimes we have a hard time with some of these things, don't we? You know, sometimes our mouth kind of runs amok. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Now listen to this. And have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You know, as I, I was uh, thinking about these words and, and looking at them, it has a lot to do with what Sherry was sharing with us, that as we put our hearts toward the will of God. As we do the things that the Lord would have us do, these things begin to happen and things go. Hey, I want to say that Andy, Ben, good to have you, brother. Good to have you back in the house. Woo! Praise God. He's a miracle right there. Praise the Lord. Amen. And it's exciting to see him back in the house. Praise the Lord. So here's what we're going to find is that he's, he's given us a principle here First of all, starting in verse 5, he's saying that we need to put off the old man. We need to put off that old nature that we had, 
and, and still are dealing with. And then he starts in verse 12, and he tells us how to do that. How many of you realize that you can't just quit doing things? It just doesn't work. I'm just going to quit doing things. I'm just going to quit doing this. No, because what happens is it leaves that void in your life. And if you don't replace it with something, if you don't take the stuff that you're trying to put off and, and, and replace it with something that you put on, then what happens is something else, maybe even more vile than what you put off, comes back. And that's why we see that so often in people who have struggling with addictions. They may struggle in one area with this addiction, and they, they in their own strength, try to quit doing that. And, before, and what happens is that maybe they're successful in quitting this, but something else comes in because we haven't replaced it with Christ. And so typically we'll have a drug addict that will become an alcoholic or, or similar things. You know what I'm saying? And, and so what we have to do is we have to realize that when we put off something, we've got to put something in its place. And, and that's, that's the whole concept here of what he's talking about. And if we come to this place where we realize that we have filthy garments and we have a, a, a robe of filth that needs to come off of us, and this thing is dirty, it's stained, it stinks, it's nasty, it's uncomfortable, and it's, it's not what God would have us to walk in. And we want to get rid of that thing. We want to shed it. We want to get it off. We want to get it out of our life and out of our hearts. Then what has to happen is that Lord has to come and he has to place something else on us. The robe of righteousness. We just sang about that in that one song. That we put on a robe of righteousness. Amen? And, and what happens is that robe of righteousness is, is those things that he's talking about. The fruit of the Spirit. The joy of the Lord. The peace of God the patience that we need in our lives. And I can tell you that these things will sustain you and keep you as you go through your life. Praise the Lord. And so what we got to find out is how do we do that practically? Because there's a lot of things that we see in his word and we look at it and we go, how do I get there? How do I get to that place where I'm no longer putting off the old man What he says this, Putting off the old man, which is fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. And he says, putting off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, and filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. And you have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge according to the image, according to the image of him who created him. And then he says, therefore, as the elect of God, put on, the difference is this, tender mercies. Can you see the picture? In your mind, you can picture these things I'm talking about. And, and how does the picture of tender mercies come? These things come to our mind and are things that we need to think about and focus on. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness. 
long-suffering, which is patience. Bearing with one another. Anyone ever have to bear with someone else? <laughs> yeah. Um, does anyone ever have to bear with you? Yeah, probably. Bearing with one another means it's back and forth, right? And forgiving one another. And even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were called on in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace and to your, in your hearts to the Lord. See, Jesus left us the perfect example. We can't attain that. I hope you understand that. We can't obtain Jesus' example of how he did this. But listen to this in John 14. What he says, he's, John said 14, said, Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Jesus, Jesus is, is really bringing about, now, to understand his deity and to understand his power and authority and who he was, God in the flesh, helps us understand this concept he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, because I am a, the expressed image of the invisible God bodily. I, my character, who I am, the way I do things, my heart, my vision, my purpose, everything I do is a reflection of the Father. So therefore, when you've seen me, you've seen in bodily form something you can touch and feel and hear, you have literally seen the Father in all of his nature and all of his glory. And, and he confirms that in John 1 verse 18, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. So in other words, Jesus, while he was here on earth, while he was here in the flesh, was, was demonstrating the heart and the nature and the godliness of God, so to speak. So what he's doing is he's, he's projecting the Father to the people. Go to me to Colossians 1, which we should be there, and we'll start in verse 15. And this is speaking about Jesus. He is the image. Now, keep in, keep in mind this issue of image. All right, it says he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. 
For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, whether things on earth, things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet he has reconciled. It's good stuff. In the body of his flesh through death, to present you, all right, now here we go. This is where it comes down to us now. Because we see who Jesus was. Jesus came to demonstrate and to declare to us who God was. The nature and the, and, and the glory of the Father. That all the fullness of God dwelt in him bodily while he was here. To declare who God was. And then he's saying that there's something else that's going to happen. If indeed you can, and he says, in the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable in his sight. Can you do that? No. And every time we try to do it, we fail. Right? Every time we try to be perfect, every time we try to be good, every time we try to, to stand in our own righteousness, that's why Jesus was so critical of the Pharisees because of their self-righteous attitude. And when he, when he called them on that, he said, look, it's not, it's not about you. You can never attain what he just said. But if we walk with the Lord, we keep our heart the best way we can, God intervenes. He cooperates with us. When we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, he works in our life to bring us to this place. And he said, so if indeed you continue in faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. And then he goes on, he continues to just speak about those things. Chapter 2, verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, if you've received him, so walk in him. That's our responsibility. That's something the Lord lays on us, is to walk in obedience to the Lord, but realizing that we can't do it in our own strength. Realizing that we have to call upon the Lord for that to happen. We have to ask him to minister to us in order for that to happen. Because if we don't, we don't have the power to do it. And so if we walk in him, he will give us the strength to continue to do those things. Rooted and built up in him. Established in the faith as you have been taught abounding in it with thanksgiving. I love this scripture. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Woo! 
That's the Christ we serve. That's the Christ we serve. That's the one who has went before us and given us an example. So Jesus has given us an example because there was no sin in him, because he had all the power that he needed to do. He was the expressed image of the invisible God. So what he showed us was that he was a, a complete and total and accurate reflection of the Father. Okay? So, <clears throat> what about us? What about us? What does he say about us? Hebrews 1.3. <laughs> Who being the brightness of his glory, speaking of Jesus, and the expressed image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he by himself purged our sins and sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. So we see what he did, the expressed image of his person. So what does that mean to us, to you right now sitting in those pews? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? What does it mean to the people who don't know Christ and we have the word of hope and reconciliation for them? What does it mean to them? This is what it means. And we know, Romans 8, 28, we've all heard the scripture so many times. We can most, mostly quote it. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Now, what does he say? He said he is predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So our goal as believers right now is the same goal that Jesus had while he was here. And that he was able to be a perfect reflection of the Father. And so to us, our call is to be a reflection of Jesus. Now we need a lot of help. I haven't seen anybody that's quite got there yet. I've known a lot of godly people. I mean, really a lot of godly people, men and women. And none of them would ever claim to have be in that position to where they are the perfect image of Christ. We, we, we aren't. However, in the eyes of the Lord, in the eyes of the Lord, as he looks through the sacrifice of Jesus, as he looks through the blood that cleanses us from all unrighteousness, as he looks at us filtered through that sacrifice that's how he sees us. Wow. Man, praise God, that's better than what I see in the mirror. Amen. That's a whole lot better than what I see. That's a whole lot better than when I look at my life and I'm, I, I, I sit in my bed at night and 
Before I lay down, I'm sitting there and I'm saying, Lord, tell me about today. How'd I do? <laughs> Is there something you wanted to show me? You want to show me? Praise you for this. Praise you for that. What is it that you might want to show me that that I could I could do better at? You know, praise the Lord. So, but but so He wants us to be conformed to the image of His Son. What is that image? That image is the image of the Father. So as we see that image, He wants us to be actually in the image of God. Now, granted, we will never be. God. That'll never happen. We're never going to be God. But when Adam and Eve was created, they weren't gods either. But they had a perfect relationship with the Father. Perfect relationship with the Lord. And to that degree that there was nobody else to see them, there was not much of a reflection, but they had that relationship with the Lord. They were created in the image of God. Perfect. Until the fall. And so we now are dealing with the nature that we're dealing with, the sinful nature and all those things. And because Christ come, and which is the Christmas story, because of him coming, because of what he did, we now have that ability to have that relationship with the Lord. Now in 2 Corinthians 3.18, But we all, with unveiled face, Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So what he's saying is is that I am being worked on all the time. (laughs) That's what he's saying from glory to glory. From, from, from here to there, from here to there, from here to there. As, as we walk with the Lord, as we continue to put on tender mercies, as we continue to put on love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, as we put those in our lives, we begin to conform to this image that God wants us to walk in. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Allow the Lord to begin to work in here and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It takes a new mind. It takes a new heart. It takes a new motivation. First Corinthians 15, verse 49. Now, here's, here's where we were and where God is taking us. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, which he's talking about the sinful man, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. What a promise. What a promise. Just as I bore the image through lust and greed and and sensuality and pride, and arrogance, and all of these things that he tells me to put off, just as I bore that image, which I walked in, I now bear the image of tender mercies, kindness, gentleness, love, and patience, 
Wow. What a transformation. What a transformation. And, and I, I think about that and I go, man, praise God for that. You know, there's a song. <clears throat> I'll try to sing it. <laughs> and it says, uh, Whoa, I want to be more like you. Whoa, I want to be more like you. I want to be a vessel you work through. I want to be more like you. Amen? I want to get the song across, not the voice across, so just so you know. I used to sing that song a lot. I just walk around singing it. And I was singing it one day, and Dennis was there, and he said, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. He said, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be too bad to be like Dennis. So it wasn't a bad thing, but it was kind of funny at the time. I'm singing that song. He said, yeah, yeah, it's all right. So I need to be prideful, right? No, I was just kidding. <clears throat> Let, let me share with you where I want to go with this because I, I, I don't want to spend too awfully much time on it because we did this great meal afterwards. Hey, listen, um, next week we got a Christmas play going. If you come in late, you'll miss part of it. No, I'm serious because it starts out right from the start. So if you come in, if you come in five minutes late, you're going to miss part of the play. Okay, so I'm going to encourage you to come early next Sunday because a lot of you come late. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here, and if you come late, I'm still glad you're here. But I, I want to make sure that if, if you come late, you're going to miss it. And so come, come early and be prepared and, and bring somebody with you. It's going to be a great play. It's going to be fun. Uh, I'm in the play. Yeah, but not very much. Actually, very, very little. And, and that's why it's going to be good. But, but here's the thing. Afterwards, we're going to have a, a full major Christmas dinner. We're talking turkey, mashed potatoes, and gravy, the whole thing. And so you're going to have a great dinner. For, bring your friends. Bring somebody that doesn't know Jesus. And so come. Come. Do that. Yes. Okay, we'll do that. We'll do it before we quit. Okay. All right, we'll do that. All right, um, so I want to go back here, and, and this is where I want to go with this whole thing. I want to go to Ephesians chapter 4. Go with me there. <clears throat> this is the whole concept, again, of putting off and putting on. And he talks about this. This I say, therefore, testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk and the futility of their mind or the vanity of their mind. 
having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardening of their heart, who being past feelings have given themselves over to licentiousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust. And again, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in righteousness and true holiness. And now here's where he talks about putting off the old, but putting on something that fills that void. And he says, and you, and he goes, therefore put away lying. How do you do that? You speak the truth, right, with his neighbor. For we are all members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Deal with it. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer. Why? How, how can you not do that? He says, this is the way to do it. But rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to him who is in need. So if I want to quit stealing, I can't just quit stealing. i got to do something. And he says, work with your hands, create something, and give it to somebody who needs it. Amen. And what that does, and I had a guy one time told me, he said, uh, uh, I'm selfish. I said, yeah, I know that. <laughs> he said, well, how do, I, how do I deal with that? I said, just start giving. Just start giving stuff away. And he, was, he, he, he had plenty of money. It wasn't he didn't have money. And, and you know what? He became a giver. And from that point on, I, as I knew him, he became a giver. He became those. And actually doesn't go to our church, but one day came in and, and just gave the church a chunk of money. Because he then began to see that this was helping him overcome his selfishness. Because as he was giving, he was blessing others, and, and it was taken out of his self and giving to others. He was replacing his selfishness with giving. And, and it blessed him. And I haven't seen him for many years, but I think he's doing okay. And praise God for that. So as we move through here, he kept on saying, and let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary, necessary edification that may part grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. How? You be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as Christ also forgave you. Wow. Gosh, it just keeps on going, guys. I don't have time. I encourage you to read the rest of Ephesians chapter 5. And he says, walking in love as Christ loved us. Oh, man, it just keeps on going and going and going. Here's what I want to talk about. 
as I finish up here, Galatians chapter 5. We're all familiar with these scriptures. Galatians 5. If you can imagine your life as a journey, and today we, we travel in many ways. Most commonly what we travel is we travel by car. We go, we, we take journeys by car. We go to Carson, we go to Reno, we go to Sacramento. Wherever we go, we travel typically by car. My wife and I love to travel. We really do. We just like to just get in the car and take off. We don't even necessarily have to have a plan. We just kind of go and let the Lord just kind of lead us. And sometimes we find ourselves in a pretty bad spot when it comes to finding a hotel. Because <laughs> we get somewhere and... and uh, there's no rooms or whatever, and, and, and my wife's quite particular. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what she says, but it's something today saying I'm not getting in that bed, so just so you know. <clears throat> the fruit of the Spirit. Let's listen. Now listen, listen to this now. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, long-suffering, which is patience, suffering long, <clears throat> kindness, and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such there is no law. Now, earlier... I had you hugging one another. Remember that? I said, loving on each other. You know, go hug somebody, give them, give them a hug. All that. And then I told you that was enough, right? I put a law on it. There's no law on that. God, said, God says that all the fruit of the Spirit, there are no limits. God says you're just being too patient, Leo. He will never say that. He will never say you're being too kind. You're being too gentle. You're being too faithful. No, there's no law. A law is a limit. And when God says there are no limits, there are no law to these things, he's saying that you can do them as much as you want. And he will never say that's enough, that's too much. You're just having too much fun. If you want your life to be joyful, if you want your life to be filled with peace, want your life to have these traits, then you walk in them. And when you walk outside of them, like it says in verse 19, which is the works of the flesh, you will find trouble. Guaranteed. You will find trouble when you walk in adultery, fornication, hatred, contentions, jealousies, selfish ambitions, envies, murders, all those things, you will find trouble. Here's the issue is we're traveling down the road. We can look at the fruit of the Spirit as the lines on the highway. We can look at the fruit of the Spirit as the lines on the road and some of those rumble things that they have if you run over the line and I hear them all the time when the semis hit them out on the freeway. I hear them at my house. 
And that's to wake us up to the fact that we are headed toward trouble. And so here's the thing. When we stay inside the lines, the guided lines of the Scripture, when we allow our lives to be ran by love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, patience, and all those, we will find we will enjoy the journey. It's not about the destination. The destination has already been set. We, we have our relationship with the Lord. We're walking with Him. We're, we are headed toward the destination. But these right, driving outside the lines bring lots of grief in our life. And if we stay out there long enough, we're headed for big trouble. And so as I'm enjoying the journey, as I'm driving along, enjoying the scenery, enjoying the journey, and staying within what the Bible tells me to do, I will still enjoy the journey. No matter where I'm going, we will run into some rough road from time to time. Amen? Do we run into rough road? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Guaranteed, we'll run into rough road. And so that's okay. Because it's, it's basically the, 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 the promise that we have. If you live godly in this world, you will find trouble. But the, God, the ungodly find more trouble. A different kind of trouble. And, and so it, we have, we have some, some, some great provisions provided by the Lord. Ms. Donna, can we have a little music? Play something for us there. <clears throat> I kept you a little bit long this morning, but that's all right. Amen. Romans chapter 14 says this, for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Spirit. Wow. How cool is that? That's the joy that the Lord gives us. He wants us to have joy. You know, sometimes we look like we've been baptized in pickle juice. God wants us to have joy. He wants us. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Praise the Lord. All right. Just give you glory and praise you and honor you, Lord. All right. Well, our prayer team will be available. Hallelujah. I'd like for you to do something for me, if you would, please. I'd like for you just to bow your heads and wait upon the Lord. Is the Lord speaking to your heart this morning? If you have not received Christ as your Savior, if you've never repented and, and acknowledged your sin and acknowledged that the Lord died on the cross for you and He paid your penalty 
If you haven't received that, if you haven't received the forgiveness, if you haven't received that eternal life that He is available to you, He is available to you. It is available to you this morning. Every member of this prayer team is able to pray for you and pray with you. strength if you struggle and you're saying Lord I, I want to do this I want I want to put the fruit of the Spirit in my life I need it I need it I need peace and joy I need to be kind and gentle I need to be faithful you just want someone to pray for you for that you just come and the Lord will bless you and minister to you Thank you, God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Do you guys think you could sing that song that I sang, I Want to Be More Like You? Yeah. Let's stand and sing it. I probably am not in the right, right key at all, but I can hit it. I think I can hit it without you, honey. I'm so used to singing. Let's just sing it together. If you don't know it, I'll sing to it twice. You can sing it the second time around because it's a great song. Hopefully I can hit it. So there we go. You got it? No. You think that's the right key? Okay. I want to be more like you. I want to be more like you. I want to be a vessel you work through. I want to be more like you. I want to be more like you. I want to be more like you. I want to be a vessel you work through. I want to be more like you. I want to be a vessel you work through. I want to be more like you. Let that be your prayer. Amen. Father, we thank you for this day. We ask your blessing on the meal, our fellowship, and on all that you do in our lives. We, we submit ourselves to you and praise you for all this in Jesus' name. God bless you guys. So you have a gift for us. So you bring that up and, and let me see what you got. I want to share that with everybody, I guess. So we'll see. All right. Come here, Miss Donna. Praise to God and to honor our pastor and to the whole congregation. God bless you all. And Merry Christmas. And to the first lady. We're a part of this. Oh, yeah. Love God.
I'm not very good at, at, at uh, tearing off things easy. Nice. Love God. Love your neighbor. That's a theme. Amen? Amen. Listen, God bless you. Thank you very much. And praise the Lord. All right, you guys go have some food. We got, we got some good food out there. Hmm. Praise There's the Lord. Some writing in the back. Oh, okay. <laughs>